What secrets would you tell on yourself on national television, hoping to make thousands of dollars? We'll talk about a controversial new show and take your calls about it. And we'll interview an NBA all-star who says, to succeed as a father, you must have a relationship with your heavenly father. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Chris Wolf College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is Penna Dexter. I will conduct a respectful debate. Now, it'll be dispirited. It'll be spirited because there are stark differences. I'm a proud conservative liberal Republican, conservative Republican. Hello. Easy there. If he can't figure it out, how are we supposed to figure out what John McCain is? That's a town hall meeting in Richardson, Texas uh, yesterday, and he made a little slip of the tongue. Of course, that's John McCain campaigning, as is everybody else, uh, since the Texas primary is Tuesday. And, of course, this is the last day for early voting. You can still get out there and vote if you haven't done so. I meant to do it today. I didn't do it, so I'm going to be voting on Election Day, which is sort of a uh, traditional way to do things. I guess. Uh, But Barack Obama also campaigning in the area in Fort Worth. He told a rally, change is coming. We are going to remake this country block by block, state by state, county by county. Fort Worth, this is our moment. And Hillary Clinton, I believe, was in Plano, Texas. I didn't confirm this, but uh, there was the uh, memorial service for Victor Lozado, who was the fallen police officer who was in her motorcade when she was in Texas campaigning and uh, died in an accident. And the actual service was at Prestonwood Baptist Church, so it would be awfully interesting for that church to host Hillary Clinton. Uh, Can't wait to hear about it. Uh, But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, a good idea to get your voting out of the way so you don't have to deal with the lines on Tuesday, which are expected. It's uh, been a pretty good uh, turnout this primary season in Texas, so you've got a few hours to get to the polls and uh, cast your vote for whoever you think would be, of course, the best presidential candidate and also uh, some of the down-ballot races. And uh, I encourage you uh, to do that, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a very interesting show today. Have you heard this or seen this television program? That answer is true. 
Well, that's the uh, the television program Moment of Truth, and I've got to admit I've watched it, even though I don't watch much TV. My husband likes to ride his stationary bike and turn the television off loud, so sometimes I'm forced to hear what goes on on this program. It absolutely drives me crazy. It's a reality show. Uh, contestants win money by truthfully answering a series of questions, and sometimes when you watch this program, you actually watch people's lives just sort of uh disintegrate before your very eyes, and that's why I don't like it. But uh, there are some spiritual lessons to learn from this program, and there's a particular episode that took place. We're going to play some parts of it later in the program and let you weigh in on it. and uh, really, we want to hear from you. Have you ever watched Moment of Truth? What do you think about it? And what can we learn from that program? Well, uh, there's another story in the news having to do with uh, Iraq and uh, the effort there to get things under control and patriotism. Of course, it's not patriotism in the U.S. this time. It's in the United Kingdom. Prince Harry, the son of Princess Diana, has been fighting on the front lines of Afghanistan For 10 weeks, he wanted to go to Iraq, and they wouldn't let him because of the publicity and the danger for his comrades. But he has been in Afghanistan secretly. The news just finally leaked out. So he's been ordered home for security reasons. This is Dickie Arbiter, former spokesman for Buckingham Palace. The reaction really is common sense. Uh, The fact that Harry calls himself a bullet magnet, uh, and yes, he is. And now it's known that he's been there, and if he's still there, that he is a very serious target. There was a deal that was made between the British military and also the news media, and uh, finally they this leaked out, this whole story, but Brit- uh, British military officials had to confirm that Prince Harry, who is 23 years old and third in line to the British throne, was actually deployed to Afghanistan December 14th. He's been fighting Taliban forces ever since from a forward operating base in southern Helmand province, and uh, they say that he has put himself as in as much risk as those he's been fighting with. Now, British uh, newspapers and television stations instantly, once this was leaked, rolled out these reports about him being there. And this is the first British royal to see combat since the Falklands War more than 25 years ago. British Prime Minister Gordon Brown says that Britain should be proud to see a member of the royal family serving on the front line. The whole country uh, owes uh, Prince Harry a debt of gratitude for his service, his courage, his bravery in the most difficult of circumstances in Afghanistan. Give us a call, 800-881-9270, if you think uh, it was a good idea for Great Britain to let Prince Harry fight uh, and pull him out now that the news is out. uh, Again, Prime Minister Brown saying his support, uh, he supports this decision. Uh, He thinks it's a good idea to withdraw Prince Harry from Afghanistan at this point. Security considerations come first. That has been the deciding uh, factor. It's a decision that has been made by our defence staff, uh, and I think uh, that everybody will respect that to be the right decision. Last year, Prince Harry was about to deploy to Iraq. Uh, Then uh, authorities, military authorities in Great Britain, changed their minds in the face of extensive publicity. And uh, that's what they avoided this time for 10 weeks. But they said at that time that Harry could too easily become an irresistible target for enemy forces, uh, putting himself and his fellow soldiers at unnecessary risk. That's why he called himself a bullet magnet. He certainly, in fact, I'm quoting him when he says, I would never want to put someone else's life in danger when they have to sit next to the bullet magnet. But if I'm wanted, if I'm needed, then I will serve my country as I signed up to do. Now, some people were criticizing the fact that he would go 
they didn't want to lose one of the brothers. Uh, of course, the sons of Princess Diana, uh, the country already lost her, and they didn't want to lose one of them. If you have a comment uh, on this story taking place from Great Britain, give us a call, 800-881-9270. There's also a new survey out. It was commissioned by the American Bible Society, and it was conducted uh, by Weekly Reader Research. And uh, it came out with the conclusion that if parents read the Bible, if they pray and attend worship services, their teens are very likely to follow in their footsteps. And uh, so uh, upon that, you can then go to the uh, premise that the person who leads the family in doing these things is normally and should be the father, and ideally uh, he's the one that does so. We're going to talk about what makes a good father with former NBA All-Star player Alan Houston in the next segment. You won't want to miss that, but let's go to the phones. We've got some some folks calling in. Luann in Grand Prairie is with us. Luann, thanks for calling. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say that I am very proud of Prince uh, Harry, and I think that... uh, all the British people should be, the American people, anybody that cares anything about our military should be proud that they, we have other people that are willing to serve. I mean, he didn't have to go, but he did. That's right. Do you think they should have pulled him out once the story came out? I think they had to. I think it was something they had to do, you know, for safety, for his, uh, his unit, his group. And for him, I think it's something they had to do because, hey, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be a scalp? So yeah. um, I, I think it's something they had to do. But, yes, I'm really proud that he was there. Luann, thanks for your call. Uh, his commanding officer said that his, and I'm quoting him, uh, his conduct on operations in Afghanistan has been exemplary. He has been fully involved in operations and has run the same risks as everyone else in the battle group. And, uh, of course, uh, he said, just as Luann said, that uh, as soon as this news came out, uh, he had to review whether to keep him there, and they, the decision was made that it would just not be a good idea to keep him there. Let's go back to the phones. Rita is in Little Elm. Rita, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to also say that I was very proud of Prince Harry because the best leaders lead by example. And, you know, what a great example to his countrymen to be willing to, to lay down his life for, the, for their freedom. I think that's uh, absolutely right, and it encourages other young men in Great Britain to serve. And, uh, you know, he's sort of a um, sympathetic figure in a sense. He and his brother, uh, Prince William, a little bit wild, and you, you read stories about their drinking and their escapades. But now uh, to read uh, about his heroism and to know that he was willing to serve, I think, is an inspiration for young people. The Washington Post uh, has a story about it, and uh, they report that most Britons interviewed said they support Harry's decision to fight for his country. Others worried that his death on the battlefield would be a terrible blow to Britain, particularly given his mother's tragic death in a 1997 car accident. And uh, there's a quote from uh, one... um, one lady, actually, she's just a, a citizen. She says there's a sense in which these two boys bearing the banner of Diana, as they do, have created a reassuring and cheering partnership out of the tragedy of their mother's death. And uh, so people would feel very sad when Harry were killed and also the brothers would be 
split up, but I think it's a more important message to send that uh, this privileged young man would actually serve. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I also want to announce, uh, uh, re-announce something that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks on Jerry Johnson Live, and that has to do with parental rights. Uh, we've interviewed Michael Ferris, uh, who is a homeschool leader, and others uh, to talk about the way parents are actually losing their rights in some cases, especially court cases across the country, uh, having to do with, for instance, what's taught in the public schools, whether or not you can opt your child out of something that maybe promotes homosexuality or promotes uh, premarital sex or, you know, uh, contraception type education, just all kinds of things that parents might object to. And there have been court cases that have been kind of scaring certain pro-family leaders to think that parental rights would actually not be protected if some of these cases went all the way to the Supreme Court. So there's an effort to amend the Constitution to add parental rights, and there is going to be an event uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night, where Mike Ferris, who is founder of parentalrights.org, he's also chancellor of Patrick Henry College in Virginia and founder of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association will be speaking uh, tomorrow night, March 1st, 7 to 9.30 p.m. There's also a 6 o'clock re- reception where Alan Keyes will be uh, present. So you may want to uh, you may want to attend this event, and you can find out more about it by going to parentalrights.org or calling 214-739-3881. We just wanted to... Uh, give you a little preview of that. Well, um, I don't know if I have time to play this by, but let's go ahead and play it. Uh, Because another question that we ought to be thinking about is whether it's okay to use a presidential candidate's full name. Here's Michelle Obama on that. They said he was too black. I was there. They said it. Then they said he wasn't black enough. And then when all that didn't work, they threw in the obvious ultimate fear bomb that we're even hearing now, they said his name. They said, look out for his name. When all else fails, be afraid of his name and what that could stand for because it's different. So Michelle Obama, I guess she's defending her husband. She's a political spouse who hasn't indicated that she has political aspirations, unlike Hillary Clinton. Uh, But she certainly is outspoken. And, of course, last week we talked about the fact uh, that she was only proud of her country very recently, had not been proud of her country up until now. Yesterday we talked about some of the positions that Barack Obama has taken, particularly his extreme pro-abortion position and his position on disarming America, getting rid of our missile defenses, uh, not keeping up our nuclear program. And, of course, we'll, uh, we'll continue along that vein. But uh, it is early voting, and I can certainly uh, encourage you to get out and vote today if you can. The lines are long today. They're probably going to be longer on Tuesday. But uh, if you don't get out today, I do encourage you to join me on Tuesday and vote in the primary. The polls are open tonight until 7. Well, next up, we're going to talk about fathers. There's a new study out that says if parents pray, their kids will. We're going to talk about the importance of fathers having a relationship with God. That's next. 
If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. If you will go with me and work with me and organize with me and march with me and hope with me, then I promise you we will not just win Texas, we'll win this nomination. Barack Obama campaigning in Fort Worth, and uh, we've been talking about the primaries, early voting today, and the primaries, the uh, actual day you can go to the polls and vote for a final time is on Tuesday. And, you know, he's talking about walking with me, and that's what fathers should be saying to their kids, according to Deuteronomy 6, uh, walking around, talking about Scripture and biblical truths with their children. There's a new study out that says when it comes to attending church, praying and reading the Bible, a recent poll of teens and their parents overwhelmingly confirms that parents have the most influence on their children's religious activity. That really should not be a surprise. That survey was commissioned by the American Bible Society and conducted by Weekly Reader Research. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's really not surprising when you see these numbers, but 80% of America's 30.2 million 12 to 18-year-olds think the Bible is important, and uh, 87% of parents think the Bible is important, so it sounds like kids are following their parents. So if you don't uh, pray and read the Bible and go to church, how can you ex- you expect your children to do so? Well, our next guest says, he goes really even further and says that it's very difficult to succeed as a father if you don't have a relationship with your Heavenly Father. And uh, he is Alan Houston, and uh, we're so glad to have him with us. He is a former New York Knicks shooting and, uh, shooting guard. He is a, he was an NBA All-Star and also an Olympic gold medalist. He has a wonderful program uh, now uh, that we'll let him tell us about called Father Knows Best. And uh, Mr. Houston, thank you so much for joining us. It is an absolute honor to be here, just to, just to be able to talk about this. Thank you. Well, uh, first of all, you must be a father, are you? Yes, I'm a father of four. Uh, I have an eight-year-old daughter, a six-year-old son, a three-year-old daughter, and a, almost a five-year-old daughter. So uh, we're busy in this in my house, but it's such a blessing. Um, you know, I grew up uh, in an environment where my my um, parents introduced me earlier into, like you were talking about earlier, into the faith. Uh, I got saved when I was 16, and I'm very passionate about the father, uh, responsibility of a father, because I had a very dynamic father, and uh, just his example was extraordinary. So, um, you know, I'm just of the firm belief that whatever it is, whether it's the religion, whether it's economic or education or just a social 
responsibility. We need to be trained as young men and women, and uh, I think that's what I received, and I just wanted to uh, give other, other young men that. All right, uh, Alan, it's a strong statement to hear you say that, and even though I agree with this, uh, but that an earthly father can only succeed if he has a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Explain that. Well, the retreat was, was designed, my dad was my college coach, and we've had so many different dynamics of our relationship, um, from a mentor to teacher to father uh, to consultant, you know, to coach uh, and life coach. So uh, one of the things that, that I, I developed my relationship with God through Jesus Christ, uh, through, through um, being discipled, and I came to understand that it was only through that relationship with my father that I could really grow, my heavenly father, that I could grow. And I also understood that that was through through the Bible. And when I look back on my relationship with my father, it was his example. It was his walk. It was, it was those principles. And we, the only way we can really um, know what our true purpose is is we have to tap into who created us in the in the first place, and 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 create and tap into His plan and destiny for us, and then we can learn how to really apply those principles. Uh, and it's almost like having a playbook. You know, in sports, you have uh, specific plays and that are, that are, that would allow you to be successful on the court. And God has given us those things, and until we can know what those those are especially as a father, to direct our household and our children and usher them into their gifts and, you know, wash our wives, you know, in the Word. Um, it's hard to do that without those principles. I mentioned Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy 6 before, and this talks about parents teaching uh, the Word, the Word of God, uh, diligently to their sons, and this, is, this means sons and daughters. And this is really talking about teaching the Word at home and, you know, this goes against uh, this practice that many Christian parents follow, and that is really leaving it to the, uh, the youth minister. What well, about no, that? We, we, yeah, we, we can't afford to do that because, again, we have, I, you know, I've seen it even in non-believers how much of an influence that a father has on his son. And I think that's one of the things that we really try to emphasize is whatever, whatever you say, whatever you do, it has a huge impact on what your what your children are going to be and do, um, and it's just like if you don't understand that, then it, it, it is critical because that, that's that's the biggest influence that that the children are going to have. Alan Houston is my guest. Uh, he played for the New York Knicks, and he was an NBA All-Star, also Olympic gold medalist, mm-hmm. and you know sports, Alan, uh, of course it sort of resonates with kids and it usually resonates with dads. Mm-hmm. So you've taken this whole venue of sports and especially your love basketball and you've pulled together a ministry surrounding this. Tell us about it. Well, I've always felt, you know, from having the gift of basketball that it's, you know, we're given, everybody's given a gift um, to serve God and just for, for a reason. And, um, I wanted my not only my gift but my life to just to reflect God's character, and I think that um, it's been an t- opportunity for me to share God and, and His love, whether it's through sports, whether it's through basketball, whether it's through a, a word, uh, whether in just using the platform. And I think it's been an amazing, exciting ride and, and a tool. Uh, the game of basketball is just growing so much. Even if you look at globally. 
the global impact of the game is growing and it's going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, that's what is so exciting to me. But through this retreat, we bring fathers and sons, and for those, for those young men who don't have fathers, we have a mentoring component for a, for a weekend, and we talk about communication. We have a workshop talking about the relationship with a, a young woman and, and women and uh, just character building. And we talk, we talk to that, the, the son's obedience to his father, and we talk about the father's responsibility to his son. And, uh, and then it, we, So the we, father's, and we, if, we if the kid has... Basketball, and then we, they go and they actually play basketball together in shooting competitions, and they get to compete with each other and, and enjoy something that they probably would never experience on their own time. Okay, now is this fathers and sons? If, if the young man has a father, then his father's included in this camp also? Correct. It's, it's geared towards that relationship, whether it's a father and a son or a mentor and a mentee. Someone who maybe you know we've had some uh, some young men, um, men come with uh, his son and maybe his nephew, you know, uh, for a father. Uh, we had a we had a father whose brother died and he brought his nephew and his son. So it's it's mm-hmm. you know it, it it just goes to that relationship in terms of at the end of the day, you, you, your your spirit is getting nourished and fed, uh, but you're also coming being equipped with certain tools and skills and and. Um, understanding the impact of your relationship and and your responsibility as a young man. Okay, now you call this the Father Knows Best program, and what it is is a series of basketball camps. There are retreats. It's a retreat. It's a basketball retreat. Okay. Father Knows Best basketball retreat. And we call it a retreat because it's not just a basketball camp. It's a, it's an experience. It's more, it is more of a, of a retreat where a father and son, they go off and they have a, a weekend together. How wonderful. Uh, and, and they spend the night together. They have a chance to talk about work, the workshops. They have a chance to talk about sports, whatever they want to talk about. But we also have workshops where they are going to be engaged in spiritual truths. And we just use basketball as the draw uh, because they have competitions, shooting three-point competitions, you know, two two ball competitions, and then and it's fun too because not everybody's going to be athletic. No, it's not. It's not about that. It's mm-hmm. about that relationship we have shoot we have a shooting clinic um do you put these on across the country well that's what we're working on now that's why i appreciate you allowing me to come on because our goal is to uh we have one in new york now and our goal is to uh have it you know get this necessary sponsorship to bring it to different cities we've had people want us to bring it to different cities uh so it's now it's a matter of the growth and the infrastructure so you need someone to sponsor you to bring it, for instance, if, if uh, someone thought this would be a great thing to have in Dallas, in the yeah. Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, you would need like a group or, or yeah. a sponsor? We have, we, have, we have a curriculum. We have the budget. You know, it's just a matter of someone saying, you know, this is a great program. Can you, can you come down and, and, and put it on? And, we've, we, you know, that's what we do. And uh, it could be a one-day event, which is even just, is just as powerful. So, so even ch- a church or churches could band together and, and bring exactly. you in. Exactly. And, and that's really, uh, in, my, in, in, in our experience, the best way to do it is have a group of organizations or churches uh, that, that really just understand the need. And there are some corporate, you know, entities that, that, that see it, but usually it's through uh, that environment that, that does it. So, you know, it's, uh, and we're working on some other, other, uh, Alan, I got to jump in before, uh, this segment ends and oh, okay. get uh, the contact information so that people could contact you if they're interested in pulling this together or if they're interested in coming to your camp that exists now in New York. So tell us how people can reach you. 
It's very simple. AllenHouston.com. You go on. You can email us or call us and, at AllenHouston.com. A-L-L-A-N. Exactly. A-L-L-A-N-H-O-U-S-T-O-N, like the city. <laughs> Alan Houston, and it's, uh, it's Father Knows Best, the Father Knows Best program. It sounds like just an awesome way for fathers and sons to build their relationship and even to bring young men who don't have that father figure in the home. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. Again, uh, the website, AllenHouston.com, the Father Knows Best camps. If you're uh, you know interested in this, you might uh, give them a call, give them an email. Next up, we are going to talk about a reality show, Moment of Truth. And uh, I call this show How to Watch Somebody Just Sort of See Their Lives Disintegrate Before the Public's Eyes. Uh, We're going to talk about it and take your calls, 800-881-9270. Listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Have you seen Fox's new reality show, The Moment of Truth? It's a new game show. It quizzes uh, contestants on personal questions and it uses a lie detector to determine if they're telling the truth. It premiered Wednesday, January 23rd. It is on Wednesday nights. And uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting program. It's kind of a program that I can't stand watching because people tell the truth and the truth gets harder and harder to stomach. Uh, Contestants competing on Moment of Truth are hooked up to this lie detector. They're asked to answer 21 questions without fibbing. And if you fib, the lie detector will will tell you, will tell the whole world that you're fibbing. And you get the chance to win uh, the $500,000 grand prize. And the question subject matter gets more and more difficult with each correct answer. Friends and family uh, members are in the studio audience. They sometimes bring in some surprising people. Owning up to the truth becomes harder. You get to decide at various points whether you want to go on. You find out how greedy people really are and whether they'll trade off uh, some privacy or some things that uh, they might have rather kept secret for money. Sample questions that uh, contestants could be asked, including uh, things like, have you ever lied to get a job? Do you like your mother-in-law? Do you really care about starving children in Africa? Have you ever stolen anything from work? Have you ever cheated on your spouse? Well, one particular episode has been uh, making the the rounds on the Internet, and it has to do with this uh, woman named Lauren Clary. She was on the program, and uh, she... Ooh, she was. Uh, she had won one hundred thousand dollars, and she had a chance to win two hundred thousand dollars. She had to be awfully honest, though. Uh, at this point in the sh- program, we're going to play a clip. They brought out her ex-boyfriend to ask a uh, pretty embarrassing question. Here it is: If you are truthful, it'll be worth a hundred thousand dollars, and I hope, Lauren, that that is a, a gamble that's worth it for you. So, ex-boyfriend Frank. Once again, question 15. Do you believe I'm the man you should be married to? Well, (laughs) um, um, I'm going to be honest and say yes. 
announcer is. Well, uh, we found a newspaper article that said that this guy, uh, that uh, who was the other man who basically, I think, probably destroyed or helped destroy her marriage on national TV, uh, he's sorry. He wished he never got involved in this. He says he's sick over his role in this, uh, but he, and that he made a mistake uh, appearing on the show. And, you know, uh, my producer, Andrew Abear asked me, because he knows how much I hate this show, isn't there something to be said about being open and honest? And, uh, yes, there is. It's just that when you've got all this stuff in your background, I can't stand watching people destroy their lives by being so honest. And I just, the whole thing just makes me sick to my stomach. Have you ever watched this show? What do you think about it? And uh, we're going to continue to play some clips, and you can help me just unpack this particular episode. The number is 800-881-9270. And I guess my first question is, have you ever watched this show? And what do you think about it? Do you think it's a good idea for all of this honesty to begin coming out? Well, let's go back to the clips. Here is the next incriminating question uh, that uh, Clary, her name is Lauren Clary, was asked on Fox reality show Moment of Truth. You probably know what's coming next. I think so. And you want it anyway. Question 16. Since you've been married, have you ever had sexual relations with someone other than your husband? I wish the button was still there. Yeah, telling me. I'm going to have to say yes. That answer is true. Okay, her life is spiraling down into a disaster, at least her marriage is. You have to remember that no matter how much a contestant has earned through the previous questions, one single dishonest answer is going to wipe out the entire balance. So that's the story here. And, of course, uh, she voluntarily admitted that uh, she wishes she were married to her ex-boyfriend. Then she wins $100,000. She's moving up now toward $200,000. And uh, we've got lots of people calling in on this. Let's go to Iris in Rockwall. Iris, uh, what is your opinion of this program? I think it's horrible. I think it's very exploitive. And it's a sad commentary that the American public would accept this as quote-unquote entertainment. What about the people who appear on this program. Yeah, um, it, you know, the uh, scripture that comes to mind is that the love of money is the root of all evil. And um, uh, it says that love covers a multitude of sins. And I think this puts people in such a vulnerable uh, position, and they've got to be pretty naive if some people aren't that naive to go on willing to uh, expose their past. Um, it, it's a sad commentary, and, uh, and obviously I don't think many Christians would go on a program like that because um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have any values that the Bible uh, talks about. All right, Iris, thank you very much for your call. We appreciate it. Let's go to Reba in Arlington. Reba, thank you for calling. Hello. Yes. What yes. do you think about this program, Moment of Truth? Um, I think it's, uh, it's sad. Um, it shows that the times we were living in, that people are willing to sell their soul and their reputation and their family uh, for money. 
What do you think it says about marriage? Because it seems like, you know, I've seen a few episodes that it often gets to marriage and infidelity and that people are almost taking it casually, do you think? Yes, they are. And and it's sad because uh, there are several people who uh, profess to love the Lord and they're willing to just give in for money. And not only that, to just their... Being married is a covenant vow, and um, when you're married to someone, you should, that person completes you, and when you go on a show like that, um, when you ask God to forgive you, then your sins he remember no more. Why should you expose that to everyone else? Yeah. All right, speaking of forgiveness, uh, we're going to go on to the next bite, because this kind of tells the story of... uh, Miss Clary, Lauren Clary, and uh, you'll remember she's just admitted that she has slept with someone other than her husband and also that she wishes she were married to her ex-boyfriend. And uh, here is the next question that she was hit with. Question 17. Do you think you're a good person? Honestly, I think I am a good person. So your answer is? Yes. That answer is... It's true. It's true. False. I am so, so sorry. Why do you think this came up as a lie for you when I asked you, do you think you're a good person? Because even after everything that I have done, stealing the money and everything, I think that I've become a better person. That's why I think I am a good person. Yet it came up as a lie, which means that somewhere in you, you haven't forgiven yourself, and you, somewhere, your truth is that you don't think you're a good person at all. Somewhere deep down, I guess she really doesn't think she's a good person. Does this surprise you? Given the uh, relativistic culture that we have today, given that this woman would go on and admit these things on national television, that she would actually say and really think, uh, because she's, she's set to lose so much money, that she is a good person after doing these things. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to keep this conversation going through the end of the program. The number is 800-881-9270. Michelle is calling in from the colony. Uh, Michelle didn't hear the last part, but Michelle, do you watch this program? Well, uh, well, I have to say, no, I, I don't. I'm at church. <laughs> well, what but is your I comment about did it? I hear um, the last of what um, Oh, good. Said. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that it did say false. Because uh, I'm hoping, very hopeful, that, um, number one, this show does not remain on very long. It truthfully shows the morality um, of our society today and that they will turn over any and all things for greed. And it's just they'll climb the ladder and do all and say all. It's just amazing to me what I've heard so far about this 
poor girl and what she has done, not only to herself, and thankfully, maybe there's someone in her life that can just sit down and go over with her what just happened and introduce her to the Lord, because she definitely needs to know that. Well, and, she, she does need the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, and, uh, you know, we're all sinners. Uh, we can all receive that forgiveness uh, Christ offers forgiveness in a relationship with him, and uh, that would be a, a wonderful message to be able to actually relay to just about all of these contestants. We're going to continue to talk about this. The calls are coming in, 800-881-9270, and of course, I find these reality shows voyeuristic, but there are lessons to be learned from them, and uh, we'll continue to talk about those. One lesson is... A single lie can undo a thousand previous truths told. Lauren Clary learned that. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. That answer is true. That's the response Lauren Clary got most of the time until the final answer when she was asked if she was a good person after she already admitted uh, to cheating on her husband and that she wished she was married to her former boyfriend and also stealing, I understand. And, you know, we heard uh, the clip uh, in the last segment. Her father was talking in the background about the fact that he thinks she is a good person. He said she is a good person. She is a good person. And, you know, that kind of brings up the fact that what is good and what isn't good. And it, it brought me back to uh, a verse in Isaiah where, um, in chapter 5, verse 20, where it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. And it seems like we're getting the truth all mixed up in today's culture, and we don't even know what good is. At least she didn't, and uh, obviously didn't understand her need for forgiveness from her husband and her family. She needs that. Whether she'll get it, I don't know. And of course, she needs uh, the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's go back to the phones. We've got lots of people that want to weigh in on uh, this program, Moment of Truth, and also this particular episode. Let's go to Summer in Plano. Summer, thank you for calling. Hi, uh, you were right on with that verse as far as the world calling something that is evil in the Lord's eyes good and exactly this situation where, yes, to the world standards, she may be good in her father's eyes or her friends and family, but... I just, I've got to wonder what makes her good after all that. 
Right, exactly. And it's, again, it's just looking at whose who standards are we comparing ourselves to and when we compare our lives to the Ten Commandments, to God's law, if we've even broken one of them, it says that we're guilty of the whole. And to be good basically is to be perfect, and we know that only one is good and one is perfect, and that is the Lord Jesus himself. And as far as the program, it's basically just a distraction that I believe the devil is using to just get entertainment out of people, just to do anything to distract us from pursuing the Lord Jesus Christ more and minding things of the Spirit. And as the Bible says, if we mind the things of the flesh, then we mind the things of death. And so even as believers, I really strongly suggest not even to watch it because, you know, we're going to find things, of course, that what do we expect from the world? These people don't know Jesus, and all we can do is pray for them, but Mm -hmm. even to watch it for ourselves, really everything that we should be doing on a daily basis should be growing in relationship with Jesus, and this program is not causing us. There are lessons to be learned from it, but it's not an edifying program. You're absolutely right. Let's go back to the phones and speak with Sharon from Arlington. Sharon, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, hello, thank you. I, I kind of have a different perspective. I think when you listen to the audience responses to this immoral lifestyle that you're seeing a very good thing in the American public that they don't think that that is good and that they are disgusted uh, by the actions of this woman. And uh, to me, the program doesn't, uh, it, it's not as deplorable as, as all of your further your uh, previous mm-hmm. guests have, have implied. I think uh, there is some value to that, and I think that um, when we look at the the collective consciousness of America as we watch these things, we can see that we do agree on what's good and what's wrong. And the fact that the truth is coming out, that's not the bad thing. Yes, it is bad that these people have immoral relationships, but that woman, and I did did see that program. You did? You saw it? Yes, I did. I saw that. And she said that she did not... Uh, care about the money wasn't the issue that she wanted some truth to come out now as far as preserving her marriage i am of course in favor of preserving marriage but she had already broken that marriage there was a lot of deception there she was sleeping with someone else and so that's but she still thought she was a good person yeah right and and everybody's reaction shows that that was you know, her judgment is really uh, uh, wrong. So you're encouraged by the reaction of the audience, and I do see your point. I just can't stand watching this stuff. I just absolutely hate reality shows, and this one's probably the you know hardest for me to watch. Let's go to Pam in Saginaw. Pam, thanks for calling. Uh, thank you, uh, Penedictor. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, you know, I can't even watch the show. Watching it on the uh, the commercials is enough as it is for me, and it's disgusting. <laughs> but I, I feel like that we've gone back in time into the Roman days where, you know, television is the Colosseum, and we're watching these people demoralize themselves in, in public like they did in those days. I mean, I don't know about anybody else. But that's the way I look at all reality movie shows that are on television now. And, and I wouldn't put myself up in front of anybody like that. And I can't believe these people would feel so low about their own, their own self. 
in inside themselves, you know, that they would even demoralize themselves like this on, on television. It just amazes me. I guess we got to hope that redemption comes out of it in some way. And uh, in a sense, if a person does feel that low about themselves, perhaps they're ripe for the gospel. <laughs> uh, you know, in Romans, speaking of Romans, and the, the uh, you're talking about, of course, the way that uh, people just love to watch human tragedy uh, back in that culture. But, you know, in the book of Romans... In the Word of God, it says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. And, of course, then you can go to the good news, uh, which is in Romans 6. Uh, the wages of sin is death. That's not good news. But the good news is the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We do have eternal life in Christ Jesus and forgiveness. And uh, that is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, before we continue with some calls, we will take another call or two. Uh, I do want to preview uh, next week because Tom DeLay, uh, former House Majority Leader, will be joining us on election night and also uh, former um, Clinton critic David Bossy. Can't remember the organization he heads up right now, but it ought to be very interesting to talk with him on Thursday night and uh uh, Andrew's giving me the name of his organization, which is Citizens United. Uh, we'll talk with him next week. And so join us, as always, next week for Jerry Johnson Live. Of course, we'll be continuing to talk about the presidential race and uh, lots of other things. But let's take another call here on this particular reality show. John is in Fort Worth. John, very quickly. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, everyone keeps talking about that this woman is deceived, that she thinks that um, she's good. Well, her answer was that she was good, but obviously she's not deceived. She does know that it was that she's not a good person. Deep because, down, she's not. Right, and so she answered that. So, in one thing, it kind of gives me a little bit more um, faith that that is the Holy Spirit being able to let you know that you know whenever you're not right, and you know whenever you're not good. So, um, people can say things that they think other people want them to to hear, but deep down, that the the Spirit can actually give you a conviction, whether you're a Christian or not. I mean, you know, that's the first thing that lets somebody know that that's the first calling of God. You know, it talks also in Romans about how we suppress the truth uh, and we exchange it for a lie. Uh, this is in chapter one. And in a sense, uh, she's pushed it way down to the point where she thought she was a good person. Uh, but deep down, she really knew, and that, I think that was the truth that maybe God put in her heart, that she wasn't a good person. Well, there are many lessons uh, to learn from this program, and I think one of them is for us to start thinking about or teaching our children, because we did talk about parents, to think about what we would never, ever, ever, ever do, even for a million dollars. Join us next week. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.